They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt. Hi, friends. Shane Pruitt here. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Next Gen On Mission podcast. Today, I have a dear friend of mine, Jonathan Pakluda, also known as JP. We're going to be discussing what we need to know about reaching millennials. Uh, JP is the former leader of The Porch, one of the largest young adult ministries in the world. Uh, lead pastor of Harris Creek in Waco and servant to the king. JP, how are you, my friend? My man. Hey, thanks for having me on, Shane. Excited about this podcast. Yeah, man. And you know, you and I have discussed this before. You're in Waco, which I grew up in Waco. Man, really have a heart for no, Waco. So you, I am so you excited. You, yeah, that's true. I did grow up in Lorena, but most people don't know <laughs> Lorena. Yeah, but right. man, I am so excited you're there in Waco and around Baylor and um, and reaching college students like crazy. So anyway, man, I'm I'm just man, so excited it's, it's to hang been out such with a you fun, today. Yeah, it's been a fun journey. It's a it's a really neat uh, city. You know, I miss Dallas. I miss my friends at Dallas. I miss my dear friends at Watermark, our church there, but God is doing a work in Waco and it's, uh, it's poised for revival. Here's, here's a hot sports opinion, hot, uh, topic, revival 2020 starting in the heart of Texas, Waco, Texas. That's, that's going to happen. Come on, man. Hey, let it be Lord. Let it be and let it spread across the state and across the nation and the nations. Let it be. Let it Come be. Come on. Hey, man. All right. Hey, before we get into, hey, well, we already started getting pretty super spiritual there, but hey, before we get into the, the super spiritual stuff, tell us one fun fact about Jonathan that we do not know. That you don't know. My, my, let's see. I'll go with two because one is less fun. So I'm, I'm six, seven. Yeah, that's weird tall. You know, that's yep. that's uh, yep. out of the ordinary tall. Um, I also have a tattoo of a red spade on my <laughs> chest uh, from when from when I was seventeen and getting that illegally. So those are BC days. BC days. Huh? Yeah, BC. That's right. <laughs> and you are and tall. It's a red man. spade. So that's yeah. not many. There's not many red <laughs> that's spades. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and you are tall, man. Because I'm tall, but when I'm next to you. Uh, I feel short. You are a, you are a tall brother, man. Hey, well, yeah. hey, well, you're you're. I go love. Ahead. You're, I was gonna say you're average tall. I'm weird tall. <laughs> well, thanks, man. All right, hey, I love to. I always open the podcast Next Gen on Mission with basically this same question. Briefly share with us what we need to know about the next generation, and it's always fun to hear those answers. So, give me the J to the P version of what we need to know about the next generation. Yeah, I would just say they they want to do something bigger than themselves. They want to change the world. Uh, the social uh, gospel is attractive to them. They want to make the world a better place. They care about being green. Uh, they care about the planet. They care about global warming. They care about that kind of stuff. And um, when you can give them a message of something bigger than themselves about like just even bigger than our world that they can live forever. And here's how you do that. And, you know, you can save someone's life by giving them a drink of water. But when you attach that drink of water to the gospel of Jesus Christ, how they can live forever. Um, I've, I've noticed that they respond to that. 
the cell phone game, the smartphone game has changed everything. And so I think it's one of the reasons we're seeing uh, the the levels of depression, anxiety, and suicide that we're seeing. It's changed the way that they think. Uh, they love to solve problems. And uh, I, I think, you know, the, the real message of church is attractive, but do not invite this group to play church because they don't want to. No, nobody wants to play church anymore. And mm-hmm. so they're looking to change the world for Jesus, not play church. Yeah, oh man, love that. Change the world for Jesus and not play church. That is powerful. Hey, you wrote a very—hey, you know, one thing I didn't say about you is you're like a best-selling author. I mean, that's amazing. Dude. You wrote a very successful like, book called Welcome to Adulting. It's and, because I come from a big family, you know, and so when you have a big family and they all buy your book— <laughs> They buy you a get, lot of books. You get, yeah, they that's right. become a bestseller. Yeah, so Welcome to Adulting, man, has been a great book, great resource. I enjoyed reading it. I encourage anybody to get that. Welcome to Adulting can be found anywhere books are sold. But you have a new book coming out in March of 2020 called Welcoming the Future Church, How to Reach, Teach, Engage Young Adults, which is the very heart behind this podcast. So tell us the big picture of your new book coming out. Yeah, I mean, that's just, listen, ministry is pattern recognition. And so for the last 13 years, I've had the privilege of ministering to millennials. It's just the age group that the Lord entrusted to me. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm young adults, millennials, Gen Y, now we're moving into Gen Z. Uh, I'm, I'm defining that as 18 to 35, 39. And that's the future of the church. And so like, here's the reality. If we're not reaching the future of the church, then our church has no future. And I don't think it, that seems like a really simple idea, a simple math problem, but I don't think pastors are realizing that is like, okay, if we just cater to the people who are coming today and we're not reaching the next generation, then our church is dying. It will not survive a turnover of generation. And so as I got to minister to millennials and young adults, I began to write down patterns and see, you know, what worked, what didn't work, have a front row seat trial by error for over a decade. And I just wrote the best practices down and that became the welcoming uh, welcoming the future church. And so I hope that that is helpful for anybody who has a heart to reach the next generation, uh, the future of the church, young adults. Uh, I, it's very practical. So every chapter just kind of talks about some experiences that we've had, some uh, you know trial and error, like I said, but then just gives you, hey, here's one thing to think about that I think you can apply to any ministry across the board, whether you have a gathering or your parachurch ministry, regardless of what it is, we want to help you reach that generation. Yeah, man. And I know you get this question all the time. I get it as well, is uh, from pastors, um, next-gen leaders, student pastors, college pastors, young adult pastors, go down the list, churches as a whole. Um, How do we reach the next generation with the gospel? How do we reach millennials? How do we reach Gen Z? Give, uh, and I know we could talk about this the rest of the day, rest of the week, but give like some practical, maybe first steps to a church that says, hey, we don't really have a lot of the next generation in our church, but we desperately want them to be a part of our community. What would be some next first steps that you would give them? Yeah, the biggest thing I think you can do as a leader uh, in, in an effort to reach the next generation is be real. And so when I say be real, that those are just two words, but there's so much power behind them. And there's so much meaning behind them. I mean, be real in your walk with Christ, model it. But I also be, mean be real in your sin struggle. Confess openly, be honest, 
They're not looking for a replica of their favorite celebrity pastor. Contrary to popular belief, you don't have to, to wear, you know, have cool jeans and Jordans uh, to, to reach them necessarily. If you're just honest about, you know, the argument that you got in your home, uh, the, the challenges that you faced the last time that you tripped up, um, you know, the, the, the struggles of life, that's what they resonate with. And so you have the solutions to that in the scriptures and in the gospel. And so when you share your struggles along with, you know, the, the hope that we have in Jesus, I see them really uh, respond to that. And then secondly, so this, the first one is, you know, lead with authenticity or be real. Uh, the, the second one would be you give them a heroic vision, expand their vision, call them to something greater. I think one of the biggest mistakes ministry leaders make is they lower the bar. They're like, oh, will you please show up to this gathering? You know, they, they're buying Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and they're, they're begging people to come to their little Bible study. And, um, and instead, I mean, Jesus said, hey, come and die. You know, let the dead bury the dead. You know, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to, to, to lay his head. He says to the rich young ruler, you'll sell everything you have, give it to the poor and follow me. These are huge asks. And so don't don't just come at them with this little, oh, will you please give me an hour a week? Like say, hey, come, we want to change the world here. Like we want to do something bigger than us. Like let's let's dream big. What if you lived your life radically sold out to God? You just believe that there's a God, a creator of the heavens and the earth, and he's going to intervene in what you do. I mean, have dreams so big that they would be destined to failure unless God intervenes, unless God partners with you. And oh, then so, so be real, you know, expand their vision, give them a heroic vision. And, um, and then lastly, I would just say deploy them, meaning don't do ministry to them, but through them, allow them to do the ministry, let them have the fun. You know, when you meet with somebody that's, that's thinking about having an abortion or thinking about taking their life or like the really heavy, gritty, challenging stuff, say, Hey, come with me on this. You know, I want I want to teach you what it looks like to actually do hands-on ministry. This is what Jesus did. He said, "Hey, come." They they threw down their nets and they followed him. He would always say, "Come and follow me. Come and follow me." And so you you take them with you and let them uh, experience ministry, and then let them do it. Say, "Hey, you go, you go meet with that person. You go do ministry. You you know what do you guys want to do? Let them come up with the ideas." And so I think you know. Be real, be honest, be authentic. That's that's one. Secondly, have a heroic vision, expand their vision, help them dream big. That's two. And then thirdly, I would just say deploy them, meaning let them do the ministry, and and you manage them doing the ministry. And I believe, you know, those those are some ways to reach that generation. My gosh, JP, that was rich, man. That is the Lord speaking through you. I'm over here trying to host this podcast. I'm trying to write down these things as fast as possible. I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast myself so I can write all this down. And I pray that the listeners all, will listen to this book, over man. and over. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, buy the book. That's just chapter one. Come on, man. Hey, okay, so, hey, uh, now you can correct me if I'm wrong um, and say, Shane, I didn't say that at all. But, hey, I don't know if you remember this. About two years ago, I brought you into Dallas uh, to speak to some pastors at a local association there. 
And, uh, man, you shared the story about at the porch when y'all really felt like the porch was going to go to the next level and, and really the servanthood of people serving there. Um, then you call a meeting together and say, hey, how many of you want to be greeters? And if they raise their hand, you're like, well, you're out of job. We don't have greeter jobs anymore. This it's job, fine. you're like, we have evangelists. Would you explain that just real briefly again? Man, because when you shared that, yeah. that jarred me. Yeah, it's all under that second point I just shared. Yep. That expand, expand their vision, or you know, come with a heroic vision. The Proverbs says, "Where there are no vision, where there's no vision, the people perish." And so, yeah, we were running a church service essentially on a Tuesday night, and we had readers and ushers, and like people would show up. We had like thirteen volunteers. And people would show up and we give them responsibilities. We're like, hey, why don't you go greet in the parking lot? Why don't you greet at the door? Why don't you be an usher, help people find their seat? You know, and they're like, okay, that's what we'll do. And we prayed, they break, we like break it out. And then everybody went to their stations. And I just, you know, the, the biggest issue I was dealing with, Shane, was discouraged volunteers. And so we called this meeting together and I was like, hey, who, if you want to be a greeter, raise your hand. And like half the people raise their hand. I'm like, all right, you're fired. If you want to be an usher, raise your hand. And the other half of like, oh, maybe that's what he's looking for. They raise their hand, usher, and like, all right, you're fired. I'm like, we don't, we no longer need greeters and ushers. I was like, we need evangelists. We need missionaries. We need people who will share their story in 30 seconds, three minutes, or 30 minutes, pointing to Christ, who can talk about where they come from and where they're going. I need pastors, people who will sit with someone who's thinking about taking their life or cutting themselves, or they're, they're depressed. They don't know what to do. They came here by themselves. They're looking for hope. I need someone that will engage them, share the gospel with them, share scriptures with them, give them hope. I, I'm looking for missionaries, you know? And I was like, it, 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 that's that's the job we have. And so the greeter, you're no longer a greeter. You're no longer you're standing at the door with a smile saying hi. I, I want you on the look for somebody that God has entrusted to us tonight that you're going to sit with and that you're going to have a conversation with. You leave your post if you need to. Care for the one. And as I said this, you know, their, their, their hearts start pounding. Mm-hmm. You know, they, their spine stiffen. They're like, man, I want to do that. But we don't know how. And I'm like, oh, man, we'll train you. Like, you come here, we'll train you. And... um and they're like, you'll, you'll train us? Like, you'll teach us how to do that? Yeah, man, that's discipleship. Of course we will. And, uh, and so we started doing that. We raised that bar. And, and what was, it was interesting. And we started with 13 people, and we were begging them to come. Please serve with us. After we raised that bar and we fired, we wiped the slate clean. We fired them, and we said, all right, who, who wants to be a pastor, a missionary? You know, walk alongside people, host this gathering. You know, they, they started lining up coming by the droves, I mean, lining up out the door. And so it's, it's interesting because the ministry at that point was about, you know, on a, on a really good day, maybe a hundred people. And then all of a sudden we had 250 volunteers wow. that are like, Hey, we want to serve here. And, and then the ministry grew, you know, grew to, grew to thousands and thousands and yeah. thousands. Yeah. And it was just, it, it all started with that heroic vision for those, that, those volunteers. And uh, I, I think that's just what that looks like played out is don't come at them asking them to greet, you know, to stand at the door, to help somebody find their seat. There's nothing inspiring about that. And it's not really what you need. Mm. If you think that's what you need, you're, you're dreaming too small. You're thinking too small. Wow, man. That inspires me, man. That makes me want to be go, go be a greeter evangelist now. <laughs> that is, that yeah. is, man. That yeah. is expanding their vision. That is inspiration and people wanting to be a part of the mission. And that's very the very heart behind this, the next gen being on mission. Hey, JP, I, you and I, we've shared our testimonies with each other. You and I both became Christ followers uh, a little bit later in life compared to some. Um, so if, if the JP now could go back and have a conversation 
with the teenager JP or the college student JP or the young adult JP? What would you what would you tell him? I would just say ideas have consequences. You know, um, is you f- be be careful, uh, pay attention to what you pay attention to. You know, be careful of what you're you're turning to truth for, because I think the temptation as a young adult is to just to try to milk all the fun out of life, like just to, to try to squeeze it all out at that time, like to live for the next thrill, the next party, the next sexual escapade, whatever that is, the next porn uh, ex- exploration. And I would just say, man, all of you, you, there are no one ever gets away with sin. You know, you're, you're going, that's, that's costing you something. You're sowing seeds of addiction that you're not going to be able to step out of. And and then secondly, and attached to that, I would just say, if there's a God, if there's a creator and he's created you with a purpose, then you with a tremendous sense of urgency need to find that purpose. Mm -hmm. And if that purpose is to know him and to make him known, if that purpose is to live for his glory then begin now because everybody's becoming something and, you know, great husbands, great fathers, great wives, great mothers, great pastors don't just happen. They, they begin to sow those seeds of greatness when they're 16, 17, 18, 22, 25. And so what you do right now really matters. And so that's what I would, that's what I would hope to tell myself then. I, I wish I would yeah, listen to that advice for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, JP, man, it's always so fun to talk to you. Hey, and we always close uh, the Next Gen on Mission podcast with this same on mission charge. The heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they're really the now generation and have a mission now and to be on mission now. So give us a closing thought on that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, Absolutely right. Every moment you live is training for a future moment. Mm. Every moment you live is training for a future moment. And, and so if like, man, we're, we're creating a place, a world that Jesus is going to come back to. And, you know, I would live with that biblical worldview that, that now matters. Right. And so your past is behind you. The rest of your life is in front of you. And as you live in this present, redeem it for the kingdom, make it count, do live this moment as though it's going to matter a thousand years from now, uh, as, as though you're going to leave it, lay it at the feet of Jesus Christ when you stand fully in his presence, live a life that matters. And, you know, you got to do that in the now. So good. How can people connect with you? Man, you know, I'm, I'm social uh, at J Precluda. Uh, the last name is P-O-K-L-U-D-A, so J Precluda. Um, that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is Jonathan and Monica Pecluda. Uh, leadership at harriscreek.org is my email. Leadership at harriscreek.org goes to me. Uh, Harris Creek is the app. Uh, Becoming Something is our podcast, the weekly podcast. Um, you know, I'd, I'd encourage your listeners. I think it's, it's perfect that welcoming the future church is, is something that I, I believe that they would connect with and out this month. So excited for that. Yeah, no doubt. 
Hey, and your Friday Ask Me Anythings on Instagram stories. My wife and I, Casey, we we look at all of them every week, man. We love it. We love oh, your sincerity, your honesty, your bluntness, um, because I think yeah. uh, that's another thing the next generation is kind of tired of the, the sugar-coated responses. And so, man, yeah. we always enjoy your bluntness. And so I would encourage people to engage on that and, and feel free to ask JP anything through those. But, hey, how many yeah, of those are you every getting Friday. in? Like how how many questions do you get in on a typical Friday for those? Uh, about eight hundred. <laughs> you are spending uh, some time. I know you can't get into all those, people, but we're always so impressed yeah. by how many you do try to answer. Man, people always are like, "You didn't get to my question." I'm, like, I I, I'm trying, <laughs> man, and I want to. I want to. <laughs> yeah, awesome, brother. Hey, well, dude, you always when I'm around you, talk to you. You always expand my vision, man. So I appreciate you, my brother. Right. Uh, I deeply Likewise, enjoy you, man. man. Yeah. Hey, love what you're doing. Love your heart for Jesus and, and love your heart for this generation. And, um, and I, I pray this is the generation that, that, um, you know, Jesus returns to. And if it's not, if he tarries, I pray that this generation doesn't waste their life and preparing a place for him. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. We want to be able to bless you with a free copy of the book mentioned. So for the first 100 people who email us at evangelism at nam.net, we'll receive a free copy of the book. Be sure to include the author's name and the name of the book. Have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.